what that sound means. It's time for another Reckoner podcast. And I am your host, Rajdeep Bank. Woof, there is no transition there. It's just straight into it. Oh, like a like a rocket. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, as uh, as you all know, your host Rajdeep, episode two of our live uh, version. And joining me, as always, is the man, the mystery, the enigma, the wearing another pair of glasses because he broke his the other day, <laughs> Mr. Anthony Aegis. How you going, buddy? I am, I am good. Um, with my, these are actually my nice good glasses, but they have no bottom frame. So, so when you wear a mask, there's nothing to kind of keep it down, and so they they all fog up. Whereas with with these ones with the thick frame, they kind of weigh down a bit more, but they snapped. They were eleven dollars off um, uh, AliExpress, so that's what you get with an AliExpress glasses. So does that mean that you're uh, ordering a new one through AliExpress, or what's the go? I I would, but it would take too long to arrive. Probably, probably by the time they arrive, masks will no longer be be needed. So, um, <laughs> yeah, for now I'm just going to put up with these and put up with. The... Okay, nice. Uh, sorry, my my internet will. Um, we're, we're both in new environments today. <laughs> So things are all a little a little iffy. I don't know how things are gonna go, but uh, we'll um, we'll we'll see how. Oh, I'm just moving you around, to people there. So uh, we'll see how things go. Your background's changed. My background's changed. Yep. Um, it's all happening. It's a, it's all a, it's a new frontier. Yeah. Um, now you the reason your background's changed is far more interesting than mine though. Yes, yes. I'm in a smaller room because I've, I've got a, a spare bedroom in my house. And which is smaller than my main study, so I figured it's. I'm not going to be able to go to the cinema. I think for for quite a while, and if I can, it's going to be a bit a bit risky. So I'm going to turn the larger study into a home theater, which I've wanted since I was like a kid. I always thought it'd be cool to have your own cinema at, at home, massive screen, a projector, dark room. So I'm finally going to going to do it, and um, so I have to move all my crap out of that big study into this smaller one, and um, yeah, now I'm going to paint the room, buy some equipment, pay some guy to come in and run cables for me and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully by the by Christmas, it will, will be done, I hope. You're going the, the full hog. I, I saw your tweet. You were doing like a 7.4? Well, the, the Dolby Atmos 5.1.4. So five speakers around, uh-huh. one subwoofer, and four in the, in the ceiling. So it'll have the full like 3D sound that goes over the top of your head and behind you and in front of you and sides. So it should be very cool. Sounds very good. I, I, yeah, I one one fifty inch screen. This one going for. Well, what are you going to get for that? The um an Epson projector. The oh, PW projector. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I reckon. Uh, projectors are one thing that I have tried to get to review uh, for the at least five to ten years and and yeah, never they were never given to me to review no. but I, I i did i did ask uh epson guy can you give me a special price and the price he got me was very good so oh. mm. yes so there'll, there'll be a review on reckoner as a little thank you for that <laughs> for that <laughs> uh discount so but I, I mean 
I chose it because it's it's the best 4K projector that that you can get. That's not like ten thousand dollars. Like, yeah. Because there's an actual genuine 4K uh, unit. They 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 started about seven seven and a half thousand. Like that's like that's just what they cost. Wow. Um, so the one that I'm getting is like the best fake 4K. So uh-huh. it kind of it's it's a 1080p chip that projects the image. Yep. But they use some kind of thing called a pixel shift uh, mirror, and the mirror kind of upscales it almost. Okay. And it's supposed to look very very close to real 4K. And with my shitty eyesight and the distance from the screen, <laughs> I think it shouldn't really matter too too much. You think you've got and, it covered? And, and, and I save half the price. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I uh, last year we I got invited to the I think it was called like the Hi-Fi and Audio Show at. Um, uh, Man, it was at one of the hotels over in Albert Park. But um, they had some crazy setups. Like, you know... You can spend, like, unlimited amounts of money. Like, if, if yeah. you have no budget, you can spend, like, 100000 just like that. Like, in the year. It was next level. Like, really, really impressive stuff. And basically, the, the way they did every room of the hotel, like, they had these suite rooms and booked out half the hotel which was like, you know, a hundred odd rooms and each company had their own suite and then they'd set up like their own rigs and everything in the yeah. rooms. So you walk in and all of a sudden you've got, got like the best version of the setup in that room or that environment. Um, it was pretty awesome. Like I think um, uh, the guys at Audiofly were just, the, just did a review of their new earbuds uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, they had a whole setup there and we're, we're pushing because they're primarily in the professional market and now they're trying to get in the consumer one with their um, headphones and stuff. So, yeah, it was really cool. It was worth uh, going are to. Are you using the, um, the audio flies now? No, the, uh, the power beats. So, the, okay. the audio flies, I should, I think I had them in last time because they're much um, more discreet, whereas this okay. is sort of more, um, you know, visible and whatever. But this was just exactly what I had on my desk because I, I moved from uh, where I was staying in Adelaide before to a, another place in Adelaide up to my dad's place. So um, had to uh, sort of throw everything in the car and migrate and then I'm just now trying to figure out where everything goes again. So uh, yeah, getting there. Um, the, I know I've got them. They're just kind of in the in the midst somewhere. Um, and then, yes, so you're in another room because you're converting the other one into a home theater. How does uh, your wife feel about the home theater? Well, that was uh, uh, her idea. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's keen as for it. So yeah, all, all, all good. I don't know if it, perhaps it's just like our generation growing up, but having like that home theater was sort of like the the epitome. You're like, rich. Yeah, like. You, yeah, you, yeah. Are, you've I'm, made I'm, it. I'm rich, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a rich man who has nothing else to want except to waste money on a home cinema. That's, that's how much money I have now. I can just burn it on a big TV screen. Some <laughs> loud speakers that go poof, 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 poof. <laughs> what is the first movie you watch once it's done? Saving Private Ryan is 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 always fun, but I think Mad Max Fury Road, like that's like the really? 2020 version of that, because the it's got it it's in 4K, it was, it was like made in 4K, and it's got the 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 Atmos sound. Yep. So I think Saving Private Ryan doesn't have Atmos, so I think 
But yeah, I think either Mad Max Fury Road or Saving Private Ryan. They're like the all right. Let's hear some loud, loud soundtracks and uh, cool, cool visions. So yeah, I think yeah. I'll be the first thing. Um, it's is nineteen seventeen now on Blu-ray. It's, I don't know. It probably is by now. Or, or Dunkirk maybe that'd be another Dunkirk. One. Yeah. In in IMAX as the best movie I've, I've ever seen. Oh, like, I wholeheartedly agree. It was, it was so fantastic. good in IMAX. Yeah, I, I watched it in a, in a normal cinema. I'm like, what's what the point? Is this? is this the same movie? <laughs> in IMAX though, it is is fantastic. So yeah, uh, I I did, I think I mentioned I saw Tenant, which is another Nolan film. Yes, I, I'm not seeing it until I can see it at, on, on, on the big IMAX screen. Yeah. So ho- hopefully soon. I, I would definitely suggest you wait. Like, it, I mean, it's a, I really enjoyed it. But um, it, when you know that he's filmed scenes in, in IMAX, you, you really want to have that experience. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, we've, we've covered home theatre for the day. That's good. <laughs> I, I Actually, I did buy the new um or got given for my birthday pre- present actually for my 40th this year i got the new sonos um atmos play bar okay. so um i had that set up at my mum's place which i was at before in adelaide here but um ha- haven't really had a chance to put it through its paces but um doesn't quite fit into the the setup that you're going for though um <laughs> but uh i'll be interested to see what receiver alone you pick because that's a big yeah, I haven't. There's so many to choose from. Like, I need to actually spend time looking at the different ones. So, yeah, I, I'm leaning towards like a a, De, a Denon system. Yeah, because everyone seems to recommend them. Is like you can't really go wrong. Whereas, like the Yamaha, some of them are not good. The the Onkyo ones, some of them are better than others. So, but I really need to look at some reviews and see what I can the prices I can get them for. Because there's so many different. Like there's like three or four in each brand that cost like a grand each, like in difference. So it's like, what, what am I paying that extra thousand dollars for? Is it a better amp or just features like Spotify or you know, a, a Pan, Pandora, which I'm never going to use on on that thing? So yeah, um, and I mean most of them have AirPlay built into them now anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, all the networkable ones have like AirPlay or the Chromecast stuff built in. Yeah. All right, well, let's. Uh, I guess we should talk some tech news. I'll get around to it at some point. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, I'll do you a favor. We'll, we'll loop it back into something that, that you've got a personal invested interest in. How's that? Um, let's, let's kick off uh, this episode with a discussion on Tesla's recently announced <laughs> full my, self-driving my, uh, mode. Waste of money, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You could sell that and get a home theater. Um, yeah, I can actually sell that for like for what I paid for it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Elon tweeted out that uh, the full self-driving beta mode would be, uh, or sorry, full self-driving mode would be released to a group of beta users, um, which has gone out to a, a, a small selection over the past week, um, and the new mode, which uh, originally, it was supposed to enable the uh, basically driving from someone's home to work without any intervention um, was uh, was going to be released to a small subset of, of uh, users um, with the heavy caveat 
that they should not um, take their hands off the wheel. <laughs> um, and, uh, and to see how this goes before rolling it out very slowly to a, a larger uh, number of users. Now, other than an investor's call and uh, sort of tweeting this out, I haven't seen a lot of extra info. I know there's a few YouTube videos around of people that have received the update, uh, walking us through what the updated UI looks like and things like that. But Ant, is this the true uh, version of full self-driving that Elon was talking about? Or is this some hybrid cut-down version that he's calling FSD? It's it's what Tesla reckons is full self-driving. So it can theoretically take you from point A to point B with no intervention from from, from your yourself. The caveat is it doesn't work. So you <laughs> kind of can't do that. Like All the videos I've seen, because there's about I think 100 people got like God mode to be able to. Like, it's just, it seems to be delivered to particularly YouTube personalities who yeah. are very Tesla friendly who will not disparage Tesla in their videos. And um, they've reviewed it. Like they've, there's a, one video, there's a guy, he got a drone to follow him as the car drives. So you could see what it looks like from outside the, the car and see it crash, almost crash into things like multiple times. So there's, when it goes around corners, it crashes into parked cars. Um, at traffic lights, it kind of goes into the wrong lane. It wasn't quite... He had to concentrate so much to not let the car do something stupid. It defeats the purpose of having the feature in the first place. So yeah. it's very clearly the system is still learning. And arguably, a lot, of, a lot of experts think it can't be done using the way Tesla is trying to go about it. Because on the Tesla card, there's no uh, laser sensors. And there's and the radar sensors that are on the car for, you know, you know when you drive a most cars these days they have like the things that beep as you get close to a wall or close to a pole or something. Um, the, the, the Tesla has that, but apparently it doesn't use that for the self-driving stuff. Like it's, it's a very limited range kind of radar, not for like far distance, kind of trying to predict what's in 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 front of you. So it's very limited to just what it can see. So if it mm. can't see, it can't work properly and now on my tesla in the garage there's bugs all over the cameras like there's tons of them because of driving in summer on the in the country and it tells me like camera obscured or autopilot's not going to work so that alone's like well i, I, I can't use it because it's, it's dirty when it's heavily raining it says you can't use it when it's um uh, foggy it doesn't detect cars in front of you so there's a lot of scenarios where it doesn't work very well so because of that people think that it's just not going to happen with the hardware tesla has in it so kind of full self-driving sure with the big asterisks that like yeah in very very select circumstances on certain conditions and you still have to hold the wheel because if it does something suddenly you need to take over so it's a bit of a i know, I, I think it's a waste of time but people pay eleven thousand dollars to have it on their car so yeah yeah i um i saw over on uh tech au like the fellow australian blogger like he's very heavy into um very heavy. tesla uh you could even say he's drunk in the kool-aid <laughs> <laughs> 
but like yeah eight and a half grand just for that upgrade or the ability software wise to do it well that's that's changed now so in my right. app it's eleven thousand. so yeah wow yeah they, they keep on in, in increasing it the more features it gets so it, it elon says on twitter that now that it's in limited beta when, when it goes to full beta so every, everybody gets it but in beta it's going to cost i think twelve and a half thousand us dollars so it'll yeah, be about right. fifteen thousand here so as it gets more reliable the price goes up how how so it's just relying on lidar essentially to no, do no it's... not even that it's just cameras and wow. machine vision learning yeah yeah okay there's no lidar sensor there's no there's no car-to-car -car, um, communication. communication, no sensors in the road. It's just pure, pure cameras, yeah. Which is why wow. people think it doesn't. It's not going to really achieve what they say it could achieve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, in in terms of autopilot, how often are you using that? Well, I I the version of autopilot that I have simply it'll do the distance cruise control so it'll keep mm -hmm. a gap between you and the car in front and it'll uh, steer you in your lane um, if i paid for the full self-driving package that would also uh, on highways take over cars for me mm -hmm. uh, stop at red lights go at red lights um, and a few other small things to drive itself so when, whenever i use it i find that that i have to First of all, it warns you after 10 seconds, if you don't move the wheel a bit, it tells you, hey, move the wheel. Yeah. So that's one thing that's kind of annoying. I can't just like let go or loosely hold it. You, you have to kind of grip it, which is annoying. And um, it also, it likes to get too close to trucks. So when you've got a big truck in, in a lane next to you, it doesn't move over in the lane to create a gap between you and the truck. And sometimes trucks get too close to you and the car's a bit too slow to move over to, to the left of the lane, and that's a bit scary. You've got this giant semi-trailer with like three containers on it just getting into your lane a bit, and your car does, does nothing, so you're going to, you, you have to take over. And then if you want to overtake a car, which happens a lot, you need to turn off the autopilot, go over around the car and turn it back on again. And sometimes if, if you're driving on a, on a hot, busy highway, it's on, off, on, off. You might as well just leave it off and just do it yourself. So... I haven't found it to be that useful. Um, and the distance cruise control sometimes just doesn't work because it's too sunny. Like mm. the, 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 like at dawn or, or, or at dusk when the sun is setting or rising, it'll obscure the cameras and the car just can't do a stop. It just does like a hard stop because it can't see what's ahead. And it's very scary because if you do it on the freeway, the car's behind you, it'll crash right in the back of you. And when there's nothing in front of you, so it's, yeah, it's not as reliable as other automatic cruise control systems like that I've seen on the Toyotas or um, uh, Hyundai's, which are which is a radar, not a camera. I found them to be rock solid. Yeah. Whereas the camera ones, like on the Nissan Leaf and the Tesla, there's conditions where they do and don't work, which is quite annoying. Um, uh, one of our viewers, Bill, has just asked, would it be legal in Australia? Tesla doesn't care. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll sell it anyway whatever it's legal or not probably isn't but um, Tesla just do it anyway and if you get caught you know plead, plead ignorance I guess I, I don't think the police aren't re if you're in an accident and you're using full, full self-driving 
it's your fault. Like you, you assume the responsibility in terms of what Tesla will say. Tesla will say, well, you're supposed to be paying attention. It's your fault. The road rules assume you're always in control of the car. It's your fault. So, yeah, it's probably not allowed. I think there's no, but there's no specific law saying it's not allowed. Like it's not banned, but it's not permitted either. So that grey area is where Tesla goes. We'll just put it out there and see what happens, which is kind of scary that Tesla and just go, all right, stuff it. We'll, we'll let our users better test this in this you know, one and a half thousand kilo you know, bullet on, yeah. on, on the freeway. Yeah. yeah, it is a bit scary when you think about that. I, I had no idea how, um, uh, I guess, how rudimentary the sensors were. On, on... Yeah, yeah, it's not advanced. I mean, what's advanced is they built their own SOC, like what Apple does. Mm. And so there's a Tesla chip in there, like that, that Tesla designed with their own hardware um, uh, engineers. Yeah. And it does a lot, it, it's a very fast machine learning, like a camera d- d- detection engine. And it's very good at image recognition. But that alone, I don't have much faith that that is enough to be safe. There's yeah. too many edge cases where it'll fail, and the human, like the uh, the the SAC who are yeah SAE, who are like the American auto engineers, they've said and 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 the NHTSA, which is the kind of like the U.S. highway car regulator. Important humans should not, it should either be the humans in control or absolutely no control. That gray area where you have to kind of monitor and watch and keep track of the car while it does its own thing is very dangerous because the humans, which I've noticed myself, tend to just tune out and trust the car too much when really it can't be trusted. And that's where it gets very dangerous. And that's where full self driving sits at the moment on Tesla cars. It's in that gray area where it's not. You know, you're not in control because you're a lazy human. You're it can't do it all itself, so you can't rely on it. That's a recipe for mistakes. Now, mm-hmm. People counter that argument by saying, "Well, it's safer than just a person on on their own. It, it's it's better than just you." But I don't know if that risk. Everyone has their own different risk settings, and I'm not. I know myself that I'm not uh, cautious enough to trust myself relying on the computer because I know I'll trust it too much and get com- complacent in how I m- m- monitor it. And the moment I do, I run into the back of a semi-trailer and yeah. it's all I, over. So I think, and, and you're, you're not only monitoring what's going on as if you were driving, but you're also monitoring what the car thinks is, or what you think the car is going to think it's yeah. going to do. So like, right. you're also, you're adding extra elements on top of it, layer on layer. Yeah. Um, Makes yeah, it very lots of people who have never had a car that does the the, the automatic cruise control distance, mm-hmm. they get that confused as an autopilot feature, and say, "Oh, it's great having this on because I don't have to worry about the car in front of me. Uh, I can just, you know, put t- turn on cruise control if the car in front of me is like a kilometer or two slower or faster. It's fine." Yeah, but that's on almost every modern car these days. That's yeah, it's not hard, hardly a popular yeah, and hardly. done better on other cars, I yeah. think. So. People say it's it's a lot easier on the highway to drive like that, which is which it is. But when you add in the steering feature, which is 
the uh, autopilot, that's where it gets a bit, I'm not too confident in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think I'll be buying a Tesla anytime soon, anyhow. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about it. But uh, yeah, for those that do, it, it it scares me. Like just driving around today, I saw at least four Model 3s within a space of about three minutes in Adelaide. And so it's not like the, the you know, they are quite popular at the moment for, for a status type car and the advantages that you might get out of it. But um, the idea of having them drive around, especially without the right system embedded in it, it, it is quite scary. Um, yeah. and, and it's not safer and, until until it's sort of like this car is talking to every car and there's an open standard and we're all sort of, yeah, anyway, we'll see see what happens, I guess. Well, there's there's 5,000 Model 3s in, in Australia and there's about another 1,000 coming on the boat by the end of the year. So it's, there's a lot of, like, they've sold more Model 3s than like, I think, um, like uh, Lexus cars. Wow, okay. So you know, they're quite popular now in Australia, despite mm. the cost and the battery stuff. So there's going to be more and more sold so interesting all right well tesla aside uh, let's let's jump on to something else a little bit different um which uh, i just picked up in uh the sizzle actually uh last week good newsletter a few people might have read it (laughs) uh i found this one really interesting i didn't didn't even um hear about this until it came through on the the newsletter the other day um a, a think tank i always love a think tank (laughs) <laughs> a think tank uh, has uh, recommended that the ABC make its own social media site to replace Facebook. Um, the Australian Institute Centre for Responsible Technology has published a report about what Australia should do if Google and Facebook decide um, that they don't want to pay whatever this government's um, fees are for, for republishing media. Um, by sharing it on the network. Um, so this think tank's solution was that the ABC should just uh, create their own social network. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that that's something that the ABC really, really want to be doing. Um, but, uh, you know, it has potential, I guess, that, that it could take off. I doubt it, but it's an interesting thought. I don't know. What about you, Anne? What do you, do you think it's it, something it is, that we, we want? It is interesting because you'd assume... Being by the ABC, there wouldn't be ads, so mm-hmm. that would take out one kind of toxic part of the social media relationship. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, what would be the per- like? Who would you'd really need to encourage people to use it somehow? Like, it'd be weird using this. It. Like, oh, we haven't got Facebook or um, you know, Twitter, maybe even. So it's like, all right, we have to use the ABC's chat thing. I don't know. It seems very remote that those companies, like especially Facebook, would just get up and leave the, the country. Like they, they will. I think they will definitely stop um, publishing, like letting links to news. So if you have, there'll be like a whitelist of uh, uh, domains that if you that if you post, you just won't let you post them. I think that's a very real possibility because they are not going to pay whatever ransom the media companies in the AFCC force them to pay per link mm-hmm. or per click mm-hmm. or whatever. There's a very high likelihood that Facebook will go, look, if you post the link that's 9.com.au, abc.net.au, 7.com.au, the asia.com.au, it'll just kind of with, with a warning saying, due to 
outrageous licensing fees. We are not allowed to let this let you post this link and please delete the post and you yeah. can't post. That I think is real. But I don't think that's enough to force people off the platform. If, if anything, it could make it better because you, you, you won't get all the... Most of the crappy posts from like weird relatives and the psychos <laughs> come from some news article. Yeah. Um, if that was all gone, maybe Facebook would be a better place. It would be more about what people are, are doing and what they're what they've done rather than commenting on news articles and generating sharing them and creating angst and all that kind of stuff. So it yeah. could actually be a good experiment for Facebook to see what happens when you stop news sharing. And if it goes well, maybe they'll stop it in the USA or something. And it's like, hey, we actually don't need this. People actually are more engaged and use it more without all the, all the toxic um, liability that having the mm. news brings. So who knows? could be a, a silver lining for, for Facebook there. It would almost be like you, it was a social media platform that was there to connect with your friends and family and share photos yeah. with them. <laughs> yeah, fancy that. Fancy that, you know, <laughs> the Facebook would have faces on it and you can connect to them. Mm. Oh, and you'd have a, a, a chronological feed of, of the events yeah. that they posted instead of yeah, an algorithm-generated one. Yeah, or even if the algorithm decided to just show me nice things instead of, you know... You know, your friends got a new job instead of your friends commenting on Dictator Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I get a lot of videos about um, like recommendations on Facebook for like, I don't know, it's just like watching metal stuff get made. Like I get that sometimes too. Yeah, it's just random, or or, or resin <coughs> or wood or something, and it's like how how this thing has been shaped and molded into another thing. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I constantly get streams of is just fake videos of people getting angry at one another for parking in weird places. <laughs> Like and do yeah, fake ones. Like oh, they're, they're just so up. fake. Like, like the everything about it is fake. The 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 um, active wear attire that the woman that's parked at the wrong angle is wearing. Then like just how they uh, defeat this person, like putting post-it notes all over. Like it's just bizarre, and it's it's so set up. It's like watching um, Home and Away, but for parking. Videos because that's just the acting is so terrible. I don't, I don't know if the, what they hope to achieve out of this stuff. Anyway, I, I've never seen, any, never heard of this this genre of videos. Never seen them. <laughs> I'll send, I'll send you some. There'll undoubtedly yeah. be some in my feed tonight. So, yeah. um, uh, I will pass them along. Uh, as for the ABC actually running this thing, or any government body body running this thing, I, I can see how that would have merit in terms of you know. Um, not having the commercial gains required to, to make the platform viable and, you know, no advertising, stuff like that. But I think it would introduce a whole range of complexities around, you know, Johnny Johnny Smith is sharing, like, Nazi material. So, um, you know, the ABC would have to police that as a government, like, system and do it well, whereas Facebook kind of just, yeah, we kind of look at things and mark links as fake and stuff like that. So, it, like, it could be the the flip side of them, you know, you know, um, only allowing you to share content from certain uh, a certain realm of providers. 
that they know are sort of following an ethical guideline or, you know, The Guardian or, um, you know, ABC News themselves and stuff like that. Reputable sites. Yeah, reputable. So, like, white labelling rather than the other way. Yeah. Um, but see, we, we, we already have the Australian social network and, and it's called Whirlpool. Why can't we just use that? <laughs> Make it mandatory. So you, when you log into MyGov, there's like Whirlpool there. And get shared stuff through, I mean, there's no trolls on Whirlpool at all. Like no. that's just, that's an upstanding forum. Yep, yep. Very clean. Everyone's very, very nice and polite. They answer your questions directly and we, and you know, honest answers so i think it's good build on top of the already australian made products <laughs> probably running what php bb 3.0 or something like yeah wait well, it, it it still works like it's still there it's well, still got tons of users i i can't tell you the last time i've i've even looked at whirlpool let alone thought about it <laughs> um all right well um uh, <laughs> speaking of uh governments whilst we're on the topic uh, let's segue into um uh alexandria ocasio cortez so i have to always look at the name whenever i pronounce it um playing uh twitch playing among us which is a very popular game at the moment um on twitch with uh up to 435,000 concurrent users i think it was um, uh, for her first Twitch stream, uh, one of the biggest streams of all time on, on Twitch, suck that ninja, um, politician <laughs> getting right up there into the top three, I think it was, um, and, uh, and causing a bit of a, uh, a bit of a news, news cycle, I guess, around it, um, putting a spotlight on, on gaming in the current situation of, uh, uh, the current day and how popular it is, um, putting a, a showcase on politics. The U.S. election is uh, tomorrow. Well, it's the it's Wednesday, I guess, for us in Australia, um, and really shining a, a spotlight on that. Um, and uh, and yeah, just having a good time. Now, she's a, a gamer. I'm pretty sure she plays League of Legends quite religiously from memory um and uh, has been for some time so uh, this is no giant leap for her um not 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 a, a big publicity stunt in, in um in in that i guess course of thinking but um it, i mean she is a very polarizing figure in the political world as well extreme left um and some people uh enjoy that and others uh, despise that but politics aside i thought it was it was quite an interesting sort of um, uh, story and and uh, and really shows just how uh, how important or how relevant gaming is um, in this ga- day and age that a politician of all people could get so many um, concurrent viewers on on a live stream um, and using it really as a good platform um, to speak to uh, young people that maybe they're not voting right this minute but puts it in their mind especially in the u.s where politics where voting isn't a requirement that this is something they should think about this is like a a, a something that they should um, really get interested in and have their voice and their say to enact some change which i think is a a really interesting um, way of going about it 
I also believe, I think Bernie Sanders did a Twitch stream or was involved in a Twitch stream a while ago as well, but nothing to this scale. Um, and what do you think of AOC playing Among Us? Did you, uh, did you watch the, the Twitch stream? I, I watched like a highlights clip of it. Yeah. And what it showed to me is it gives the politicians a chance to show that they're human. Like mm-hmm. I think there's a lot there's a lot of politicians who are just jerks. Like you have to be a certain level of sociopath to become a politician. Like you re- to reach a certain level, you have to be an ass. Yeah. There's no way about it. They are generally dislikable people. Politicians. Like, it's hard to like them because of just that's just the nature of being a politician. Whereas you got to see her as oh look she's she's not like at least what she did in the stream she's a genuine person just a human being knows how to talk as a like a normal human not some uh, robot or not hate-filled jerk or you just got to see her you know enjoy a game that millions of others enjoy with a little bit of this is what I think you should, this is why voting is important. There actually wasn't a lot of political, like she wasn't there particularly just to preach what she was on about. She was there to play and discuss what was brought up in the, in the chat because she's a politician. And there was, there was one thing I thought was interesting where there was a, a, a UK gamer who uh, was playing with her. I think he's, he's a very popular gamer. I don't know who he is, but he was from the, 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 the UK. Mm-hmm. And someone in the chat asked, oh, what do you do in the UK when you're sick? Like, do you just go to the hospital and they help you? And the guy was like, yeah, like, I just go to the hospital and the doctor helps me. And AOC was like, what, you don't pay? Like, there's no credit card involved. You just go. And he's like, yeah, I, the medicine's free. I just, the medicine's given to me. X-rays are free. And she was blown away. Like, she didn't seem to know herself what it was like in the UK and, and like Australia, you just you got sick, you go to the doctor. Like there's yeah, no yeah. money transaction involved most of the time, for most simple things at least. And that was able to kind of wake up a lot of US viewers. People watching in the stream were like, "What? We can? How come the UK? Like, they just did not have the perception that it could be a thing for them to just have free medical care." And I think that exposing of ideas is also very useful. I think to reach that audience, Twitch is one of the few ways you can do it. If you bought an ad, it's just not going to work. You put a, a, in the newspaper. They're not, they're not reading the newspaper. They're not watching free-to-air uh, TV. They're not even watching YouTube ads. They're watching people on Twitch. And to be where they are is a great way to kind of, like you said, see that thought in their mind so when they do vote or if they do feel like voting one day, they remember, they remember, oh, look, there was that person on Twitch. I know who they are. They've conditioned them almost to have a certain frame of mind, and that's what politics is all about. They've been doing this for generations, reaching different... Uh, reaching the youth is one of the hardest things to market to, and for politicians in particular who have usually have quite a boring message. To be able to do what she did is actually a really great way, and also be interesting at the same time. If you don't really want to watch politics, you can still watch her, and she's still quite um, and uh, in, engaging Twitch personality. You, you know, it's not as if she's just a boring politician who wants to get you to vote or get you to do what she wants. It just happens to be a byproduct of her being a reasonable, nice person. Yeah, um, 
it, I guess it's just it's like human conversation. It's like, yeah. uh, I mean, politicians are politicians, I guess, but it, just that what you want from a politician is be able to approach them with a problem or a concern and have them empathise with you and like understand that this is an issue for you and represent you as the community, not what politicians normally do, I, I guess. Just, yeah, d distract you and do whatever they are told to do by their party, which is usually not connected to any relevant human-level stuff. No, and I, like I personally think like Dan Andrews did that very well throughout the whole lockdown period and, and related to people and uh, was doing what he believed was the best for people in their own individual right and health and wrongly or rightly if you agree with that then that that's fine but and the economic impact of that is obviously huge um, and a lot of people are affected in different ways but uh, yeah not to get too deep into politics like just having that personal level of connection is so humanistic that that we've we've missed out on it in a lot of ways um, and the fact that she's just She's not seventy five. Like <laughs> exactly, she's she she's she's thirty one. Yeah, she's younger than than us. Yeah, so, yeah. It's yeah, just like, that helps too. Like, it's more natural for her to do these things. Like, she's grown up with gaming. Yeah, like, like she's probably a Nintendo console all her life or something like that. So it's not as if it's a big stretch. Whereas, you know, most politicians are so disconnected from what my life experience is. It's hard mm. to imagine them playing a game, let alone doing it earnestly on Twitch live for like four hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to me that the two US presidential candidates we ha uh, uh, that America has, uh, like our 76 and 74 or 78 and 76, like it's just mind-boggling. Like either of them could just fall over tomorrow. Like it's... Yeah. It's it's crazy, uh, um, and and the the median age for senators over there is like in the sixties or something. I'm just completely guessing here, but uh, from from what little I know with about U.S. politics, it's crazy. Um, but whilst we are on the 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 periphery of U.S. politics, and with the with the election so close, and, and you know we're just days away of potentially getting a result, depending on what Trump decides he wants to do. Um, at the end of it, uh, we, we've seen Trump bring together a whole bunch of tech uh, people early, early on in his presidency and sort of say, this is, you know, oh, hey, Tim Cook, hey, um, who else was there? Sergey? Tim, Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim Apple. Apple. <laughs> yeah, Tim Apple. Um, uh, you know, he had representatives from uh, Jack, old, old mate Jack was there and, and um, uh, most of the social media networks. I actually, I honestly don't remember what he was trying to achieve out of it. <laughs> I yeah, I I think it was like some kind of like jobs for America thing, or because I mean, yeah. they are the richest businesses in in America, like Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. They're the five richest companies in the USA, which is the world's largest e economy. They're the ones driving the stock market. If, if if you took those five companies out of the um, the market uh, uh, indexes, mm. the market would, would be losing money. So Trump's claim of like, hey, we're doing better than ever, you know, the stock market's going going crazy, is mostly because of 
those five companies, which he has absolutely nothing at all to do with. Is that you so, doing the, the, the Trump dance there? Trump <laughs> dance. <laughs> so, but it's weird, but they keep on, they finally sued Google like last week for antitrust about their search thing. So the Department of Justice said, you have a, you have a monopoly in search, um, search ads, and some, one, a third uh, category. But those three areas, are, Google's been sued, they, they have to defend themselves now in court and they'll be punished. And there seems to be, the timing of it's very interesting that they did it like a week before the election. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're also pissed off with um, social media because there's a law they want to change called Section 2, 230, which is a law, it's, it's just like one sentence in, in, in this overall larger law that gives social media companies or any internet sites, uh, they're not liable for what their users say. So if I go on Facebook and say, kill all Jews, and someone sues me for it, or, or sues Facebook for it, they're not allowed, to, they can't be sued for what I say on their platform. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they want that changed now so that, not so that they can be sued, but so that they have to um, publish like very uh, clear rules around what can and can't be taken down and they have to prove they're not biased in some way like they have to it's always like they want to add all these little checks and balances which seem to be coming from a place of fairness but really if you read between the lines it's they want to be able to say hateful things spread their bullshit without any consequences yeah because what's happening now is a lot of stuff that trump posts his buddies post are getting deleted they're not yeah. putting up with it anymore. They're finally starting to fight back against their platforms being used as a propaganda machine for hate. And when they're removed, the, the people who post it get very upset. Instead of going, all right, maybe I shouldn't post that, that, that kind of crap. I should think about what I post. They just whinge and say we're, we're being censored. And that's what this law is really coming from. They want to be able to not... Stuff that's deleted has to also be proven why you deleted it. And they want to, they think it's because of bias, because it's all run by lefties in San Francisco. That's what they think that the, the problem is. So, But that law hasn't been changed. But that's on their list. And it could still be changed before Trump leaves the White House if he loses, because he doesn't have to leave until the new president comes in. So there's still a whole bunch of things that, that the FCC, who are the regulators of that law, could still do. So... That would be very, very interesting because if that happens, the flow-on effect is they could do that. You'll see all kinds of things posted there and social media sites can't get rid of it. They have to to put up with it. And it's bad enough as is. So that would be a fascinating uh, thing to see if if that happens. Yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting uh, for a lot of reasons, I think, the next couple. I don't think I, I remember seeing this much uh coverage on australian media for a u.s election ever before uh, it's, i've seen so many ads for sports bet like promoting their trump betting like you can bet on all yeah. thousands <laughs> yeah. of different things and they're actually funny ads but i think they've had like a few hundred million dollars of people betting mm. on the u.s election like that's how much people seem to care about it and it's uh yeah it's going to be like wall-to-wall coverage on the, the uh, 24-hour news networks in Australia about it. Well, so, um, yeah, four years ago, Sportsbet paid out 
Hillary Clinton to, for the win a day before the election result, election started. So they, uh, they lost a lot of cash. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think they'll be doing that this time around, even no, though the odds they'll, are they'll, heavily they'll be waiting stacked. waiting for a confirmation from some uh, official body. Yes, yeah, well, as they should. And that may come, who knows? Months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, moving along. That's, uh, that's enough of politics. Um, uh, well, kind of moving off from politics, let's, <laughs> let's jump over to our old friend, the NBN. <laughs> um, uh, the NBN has come out saying that they will potentially get up to 750 megabytes on nearly all HFC premise, premises by the end of 2021. Um, this also comes in conjunction with an announcement saying that uh, they would uh, be upgrading certain areas of fiber to the node um, to fiber to the curb. Um, that was a very small, small subset. I think it was about less than 7% of the footprint. There was about 10 suburbs um, in that announcement. Um, but the, the HFC one, I think, uh, is something that can potentially affect a, a wider audience purely because there was such a, a large existing HFC network that they've um, tried to repurpose. Um, it's saying here that um, they expect by June 2021, over two-thirds of the premises of the HFC network footprint will be able to order MBN ultra-fast broadband uh, and forecasts by the end of 2021, nearly the entire footprint will be uh, under that. What they're calling ultra fast is between 500 to 500 megabit to a gigabit. Um, they're sort of aiming around that 750 mark with burst capacity to 990, uh, but uh, between one to 50 seconds at least once a day is what they're uh, quoting on the burst there, which is an interesting sort of metric. Um, I'm in a HFC uh, footprint both here in Adelaide at my dad's uh, also at my mum's where I was at before and then also back home in Melbourne so I'm very interested to see what this pans out to be like uh, and whether it actually comes true or not um, and you're obviously on fibre to the home and have like 700 connections coming into your um, house at the moment uh, do you do you see this as a real thing or is this going to be more of the, are oh, my neighbours downloading something so I'm back to 50 megabit? It'll be interesting to see how they, because HFC is a shared medium at the end of the day. Like yeah. you've got a small little node of users on your connection and that's why I think they can't promise a, a gigabit. Like they just can't promise that each user will get gigabit in their street. There's only so much capacity on the five or ten houses hooked up to your wire, essentially. Um, but it, it could definitely happen. Like in the USA, they do it. Um, it would be one of the fastest HFC networks in in the world. Um, most countries have replaced it, gone straight to fiber. They don't really bother <laughs> upgrading. Most normal, like forward thinking. Yeah, yeah. For NBN, this is quite quite normal. Like pushing this dead horse. Yeah. Like they've spent so much money on it. They could have just given people fibers at home. Um, but there's, there's there's good news, which I think is more interesting. Um, fibers at the node premises. So the 
kind of the, the crappiest fixed line connection. Um, they're allowing people because MBA has has a thing called tech, tech, technology choice, where if you wanted to pay a few thousand dollars, you could upgrade from whatever you've got to fiber. Um, and in the past, um, you had to pay for a quote, and you paid for that quote a few hundred dollars, and then you would get a quote back that could be anywhere from five thousand to fifteen thousand to twenty thousand dollars, and then you had to decide whether whether to pay it or not. Then they went. And reduce the price to just like a fixed cost. It's like, yep, you can get it for like two and a half thousand. Now they're actually making it so that if you're on FTTN and you agree to go on a like a three year, hundred hundred megabit or a, a gigabit plan, they'll do it for free. So you'll be upgraded from fiber to the node to fiber to the home for free on the condition that you stick with a high speed plan for X amount of years. Um, so wow, that's that's, okay. that's that's pretty good. Um, they've announced about 40 areas that are getting that ability. Um, and so, it's yeah, that's quite good. Um, it means if, if, if you want fiber to the home, you can get it um, for free. You just have to pay for those faster plans. And if you don't stick with it, you have to pay out the cost of the install. So, it's, this is, and the NBN's paying more money for this. They've announced an extra $5 billion of funding. So, the, the, a week after they said, mission accomplished, network complete, they said, all right, here's $5 billion to upgrade it. So <laughs> that was a bit of a you know stupid thing. They had to upgrade it as soon as they, they finished it. But yeah, so if you're on FTTN, you would definitely either, you would definitely want to upgrade to at least like a 100 megabit um, fiber to the home. So that when the, or actually the 1,050 plans are pretty good for 140-ish a month. You get massive download and decent upload. So... I think those are quite worth it. Yeah, I I would definitely... Uh, but this is fiber to the node only that can go the upgrade path. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is... Um, I mean, there's quite a lot of people on that, right? Like, it's, it's, not, it's it, not like it's, it's, it's a small footprint, but... It, it's the main technology type yeah. in the NBN. Yeah. yeah, wow. Crazy. Uh, yeah, another another four and a half billion. Seventy-five percent of the MBN's fixed line network will be able to access one gigabyte speeds, one gigabit speeds by the end of 2023 with this four and a half billion dollar initiative. So, not um, not yet. Job done. But let's uh, let's spend a little more cash and do it a little bit better, uh, yeah. and then hope that 5G doesn't pick up. Uh, well, 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 that's the thing. That's why they're they're doing this because 5G is here now. Mm. And the, the telcos have said, like, Vodafone has said, like, we're going to sell this to people cheaper than what MBN costs. Yeah. So they'll get and Voda and speeds. TPG are coming out with a network next year, early next year? Technically, it already exists in, like, yeah. two places in Sydney. So <laughs> they're going to have a wider rollout starting now. And, yeah, next year's the year for Vodafone and TPG's 5G. I have been, uh, I've got to say, I have been enjoying all of these, um, the people that have gone out and got the new iPhone, they've got 5G, they think it's amazing. There's a set, uh, they, they come across um, the 5G logo, spins up in the, in the top corner, they do a speed test, the results are average, and then there's like this, it's 5G over, it's like fake 5G over LTE, and then you get a real 5G, and that's when you, you your ratings your um, speed boosts go through the roof, but it's like you've got this 
you know, 100 meter square area that you can get that signal in. Um, you walk indoors, you don't get it. So I think the realities of 5G is sort of coming to fruition now that um, Apple have gotten on board that train. And um, the when, yeah, the the network is still very new. Like, yeah, it's in its infancy. It, it, it'll 100%, give it two or three years, it'll be like 4G now. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, the whole point of 5G really is it makes the telco's life easier. They can get more users on the same tower with better speeds and lower latency at less cost. For them, it's a no-brainer to upgrade to, to 5G and then turn off 3G and use some of that bandwidth for 5G. And you've got more modern network with legacy stuff that's a bit more harder to manage. So it'll definitely be blanket coverage. It's just a matter of timing and how much you can actually physically upgrade. There's only so many people who can do this work that can blanket the whole country, like especially a country like Australia in 5G. So, yeah, but I wouldn't rush towards it at the moment. It's not... um, Unless you want fixed like mobile hot if you use mobile hotspot a lot it's fantastic because mm. you can get way better speed way better latency so instead of it being 20 to 30 milliseconds it's it's like 10 to 15 milliseconds so it's a big difference in how you surf the web and how you do stuff like audio chats and video chats it's a big big difference in that latency um well, uh, we'll finish things off with a, a quick one. I, I am in Adelaide at the moment, so I thought this would be a nice little uh, little story to put in at the end there. But uh, Adelaide has connected, Adelaide City Council, I should say, the City of Adelaide has connected its 1,000th building to its citywide 10 gigabit network. Um, that, that That's... That's pretty uh, pretty impressive speeds uh, running to the basement of a thousand buildings in the CBD. Um, the uh, they call it is it the Gig City or Giga City is one of the initial yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a, a thousand buildings across the um, CBD and North Adelaide. I don't, actually don't think there's a thousand buildings in the Adelaide CBD. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there actually a thousand buildings in North Adelaide and, and Adelaide? So um, must, must must be all of them then. Yeah, it, it'd have to be. Like, you couldn't couldn't have a, a an office but I should ask my brother, he's a commercial real estate agent, so he'd know. Um, uh, TPG Telecom, obviously, doing the rollout. Um, it's, it is a damn impressive, like, initiative. If, if I was, uh, you know, looking at setting up office somewhere in Adelaide, having that connection available for a reasonable price is something mm. that I would be extremely interested in. Um, well, you can get gigabit internet symmetrical, so a thousand up, a thousand down, um, for like two ninety nine or three ninety nine a month. Which is like, yeah, I think uh, my office in Melbourne is on is a lit building with TPG, and I think we still pay about six hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Um, for uh, and the up isn't that impressive. Like I mean, it's it's consistent with what we're paying for, but it's not it's not mind blowing by any means. Um, so for two ninety nine, yeah, it's, it's well, biscuits. And, you know, and if you want the uh, the ten gig, that's a bit like I'm not hundred percent sure what you use it for. It seems to be like site to site stuff. So if you have one office in the Adelaide CBD and you have another one in Adelaide CBD, 
the data between it is at 10 gig. But I don't know how many people businesses would have multiple offices in the Adelaide CBD where they, no. where, where they need to send that much data across. <laughs> I don't think there's many at all, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I think it's very much future-proofing and having that kind of headline grabber that's like, yeah. you know, hey, we Adelaide's a future city. We have the technology. Please bring, bring your business here and use this network. And who knows? There might be things that people haven't thought of that when you have that network available, suddenly you can go, maybe we will do this. Maybe this becomes feasible. And Adelaide's the only place really that you can do it in Australia. So yeah. hopefully it brings more business to uh, to, that play, to that part of the world. Good on you, Adelaide. Um, COVID free and and 10 gigabit internet to your front yep. doorstep. I wonder if you can get it as a residential owner in in the CBD. That'd be interesting. If if you're a, if you run a business there, and the building is wide up, possibly. Hmm. They, they they could turn a blind eye. I remember looking for um, uh, a friend. He 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 has like a in South Yarra. He has like a townhouse. And there's fiber in, in, in the street, like a dark fiber. So mm-hmm. I think it was Focus. And they have like an Internet Express plan. It's like 500 bucks a month for, I think at the time it was 400 megabit up and down. And they only sell it to businesses. So he asked and said, it's a house, but I run my business out of it. And they're like, technically we're supposed to businesses only, but if you just sound the form, you've got like five plays, we'll... Going to check if it's actually employees there. So you know, maybe if you do that in Adelaide, no one's going to check it. Is this actually a business? Is this other employees there? I think as, as long as the uh, bills come, the, the bills are paid, they're not going to make up too much of a fuss. And why would you? Just just get on board. Yeah. Um, we've got a few people watching. So if there's anyone uh, watching the live stream and want to dip in with the questions before we end up the show, please do so. Uh, but whilst people are, are doing that, we're giving them time to. And where can uh, the people of the internets find your good self? TheSizzle.com.au and Twitter, description on Twitter. I, I, I've noticed that the Sizzle webpage is all nice and new now. Yes, it's. Um, I'm not using Substack any, anymore. I'm using back to... Similar to what I had about two years ago, where I kind of have more control over the, uh, I call it the the upsell process to get people to give me money, <laughs> so that kind of marketing <laughs> end of things. Um, I was going to say the artistic de- uh, direction. Well, yeah, and that too, I can change the layout to whatever I want. Or Substack, you you can't. Not that it's that much different than what was there before. It's pretty much just black text, white background, and, and a bit of pink here and there. Um, how long ago was the photo with Bart Simpson taken? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I went to Los Angeles. <laughs> and they had um, at Universal, Universal Studios. Well, but the Simpsons are at Universal Studios? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Springfield there. Oh, wow. So it's like a I mini no Springfield. Huh. Yeah, and you can um, get a Moe's and, and, and get a flaming Moe. Yeah, wow. And you can go to the the cookie mart and get a slushy. Um, and, and there's and there's this really crappy ride. It's like a 4D virtual experience where Homer <laughs> gets stuck on a roller coaster and you're <laughs> behind Homer and you got to like you know, the thing 
moves around. It's like a big screen, and you're in like this car that moves around. Yeah. Instead of being on an actual roller coaster. Kind it's of like the um, like the Batman ride at Movie World or something like that. Yeah, similar to that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, uh, and you can find me on uh, website reckoner.com.au, the one that you've all seen and heard, I presume, otherwise you wouldn't be watching or listening to this. Uh, and Twitter, at RajDeut. Um, nothing coming through on the question front, but I, I, I want to show, uh, have a quick shout out to our good friend and original Reckoner alumni, uh, Peter Wells and his um, podcast Meta, uh, he had uh, someone who I, I guess 20-year-old me would have been really impressed by um, on the show, Tim Ross from, uh, from American Rosso. Uh, he interviewed, uh, uh, Tim Ross is a design, architectural and design nut for those of you who didn't know and he, had, he has a new podcast series up um, which goes into detail about the tapestries at the Sydney Opera, Opera House. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and where they've come from. Look, it, it must be fascinating to a lot of people, uh, Ant, but uh, it may not be your cup of tea. Uh, but to, uh, to have the opportunity to speak to Tim Ross, that's pretty cool in my book. So good work, I Pete. If you want a good podcast that Pete does, the one called The Help Desk. Help Desk, yeah. Which is every day. Um, it's kind of like the sizzle, but in a podcast form. So if you can't read and you want to listen instead, <laughs> you, you can um, get the help desk on uh, iTunes or whatever and listen to Pete talk about some tech news. I think I think that's through a or oh, not specifically a- through A-cast. Acast, but it's an Acast sort of um, funded yes. one. So they pop yeah. the ads into the show. Yeah, nice. So, so Pete gets paid. Um, yeah, I did. The help desk has been been really interesting. I, like Pete has such a unique voice and way of presenting like he's just so calm i think like it's just it's it's really good so well, i'll talk about pete pete is the the normal person like he knows how to interpret technology w- without the nerd stuff like he's yeah, just yeah. like he knows to like nerd that's nerd bullshit don't worry about that this is the <laughs> stuff where this is the interesting you know, yeah yeah where, where the west seem to focus on stuff that only really dorks and nerds would, would care about whereas normal people don't seem to care but Pete knows how to you know, find out what actually is the concern to the normal, normal person in, in the street translate it for the masses yep um, uh, we did have one question to come in, sorry quick, I'll just, uh, Jonathan has asked um, he spent the night transferring his Xbox storage to transfer the Xbox Series X are you guys upgrading? Uh, yes, I am, Jonathan. I am getting a, a new Xbox, which should be arriving uh, next week. Uh, didn't get a PS5, but um, that was more out of me just not being awake at the right time to order one. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll look at doing so soon. Um, Ant, you're not investing in the new consoles? Not at the moment, but I am tempted to get an Xbox Series X for the projector. For the cinema room, that would that would be pretty cool. Why, why, why Xbox Series X? Well, isn't that the beefiest one? Yeah, it is. Isn't that yeah, like the best one. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. So why, yeah. why not? <laughs> it's 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 a 4K thing. 
I love, I love it. I love the. Well, I mean, you could get the the Series S, which is the slimmer uh, white one, and that does. It's like fourteen forty p basically, and then up-res or whatever. I've got a four K projector. I want a four K. I love it. I'll play like one game a year on it. Oh, we're getting all the questions now. We do. Do you want to? We'll do another one quickly. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh has asked, "What's your favorite gadget or product from Techtober?" Techtober. Techtober is sure, just like October. Everyone announces products in October. Yeah. Um, what's come out? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's come out? The new iPhone. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, there was wasn't didn't Samsung release like or announce the new um, the zip the new flip phone the the second version oh, yeah, of that. Useless phones um I, I i still want the surface duo even though that oh uh, yeah I really, by a lot of people i still want to try it for, for myself but it's not coming it's not, there's, there's no date for australia so no nah. i mean you could get one if you really wanted one but true i could import it from the usa but it costs a lot it's like two and a half thousand to get yeah. one cent yeah. the taxes and shipping and all that um i i really like the looks of the new amd radeon cards they, they look yeah. pretty special, but without ray tracing, which I'm, after playing control with ray tracing, I, I, I find it really difficult to go back um, now. So a very, very good example of how to do that, how to use that techno technology really well. Um, so I, I don't know, but that, that's reliant on people actually using it um, in the future. Anyway, that that'll be my pick, I think. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in live and watching us there. Thank you for everyone that's listening to it uh, in your car, home. You're probably not on a train because that's not really a thing people do anymore, uh, or wherever it might be that you're listening. And we appreciate you and your time dedicated to c joining us. Uh, and uh, we will hopefully be back in a couple of weeks. This seem to be going good, I think. Yeah, all right. Something different. I, I have fun. Yeah. Well, that's what's important is that you enjoy it, Ant, and that I enjoy it. So <laughs> every, everyone else is just, that's just an added extra. That's they a bonus. come along for the ride. That's cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thanks, mate. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see everyone else in a couple of weeks. See you, everyone. Bye.